0: tuning in to the New Vision Podcast. Our prayer is that this talk builds your faith, brings clarity, and gives you hope. Enjoy the message. One of my favorite movies of, of all time is Raiders of the Lost Ark. I don't know if you've ever seen this movie, and if you haven't, watch it. And and don't criticize it for the special effects not being up to par to 2021 standards. Just watch this movie it has everything that you could hope for in a movie there's action and adventure there's romance there are plot twists in the middle of the story it is an incredible incredible movie there's one part as the main character indiana jones is searching for the ark of the covenant And there's one part in his journey where he's being lowered down into this pit. And as he drops uh, torches and lights down into the bottom of the pit, he realizes that this is no ordinary pit. Yep, somebody's seen it. This pit is, there's snakes in the bottom of this pit. And we're not just talking about one or two snakes, and we're not just talking about someone who is afraid of snakes. Every time snakes pop up in this movie, he is so afraid of them that there's not fear, there's hatred toward these snakes. That's how afraid he is of these snakes. As he's being lowered down, though, this is a part of the story where he has a choice to make. Because he's realizing that where he's going is going to cause him to face something that he's deathly afraid of. And he gets to choose whether or not to keep going and allow this unexpected twist to end his story, or if he will continue on and find out what's actually down at the bottom of this pit. Now, as we're watching this, it's easy to know the right answer. When when he's being lowered down and is contemplating all this, like I can watch it and see it and know, dude, keep going. You don't stop here, you don't stop halfway to where you're supposed to go. In fact, Most of us would tell him that the fact that you found a pit that's full of snakes as you're looking for the ark is probably a good clue that you're on the right path. That this is exactly the direction that you need to be heading. And as he makes this decision, most of us, I don't know if you ever talk to the screens. Like when you're watching at home or in the actual movies, like when these things happen, sometimes I can't help but to root on the character to cheer for them as they find a, a, a resolve or a strength inside them that maybe they hadn't had before. And as he faces his fears and goes through this, like I'm cheering for him, I'm rooting for him. I see the change that's happening as he digs deep to keep moving forward. But in life, it's not always that easy. There's no outside individuals cheering you on, telling you that at this pivotal moment to keep going, to dig deeper. you got the strength inside you. There's no one echoing that from around you. It's harder to see because we're not going down into a pit full of snakes. None of us are being lowered down at this moment or tomorrow. Well, maybe tomorrow when you go to work, you might feel like you're being lowered down into a pit full of snakes. But you probably aren't actually in a pit. But I can promise you this. There will be moments in life that you feel like you are stuck in a pit. You may not face it like he did, but there will be moments that you feel like you are in this pit. And for all of us, it feels a little bit different. For some of us, it could be that someone has spread lies about you. Your closest friends have damaged your relationship. They've damaged your character to those around them. And it's wounded you in a place where you feel all alone. For some of us, man, our jobs have this ability to make us feel like we're in a pit. We put our identity and our security in one particular area of our life. And when we lose it, we feel like we're nothing anymore. And if it takes us more than a couple of days to find something to replace it, we begin to struggle with thoughts of security. How are we going to provide? What's going to happen next? Can I pay my bills? All of these different thoughts and questions begin to flood us. Or maybe it happens when you apply for that promotion or that job that you should get. You're already doing it. They should naturally just pick you. And when you don't get it, the devastation of not getting that job, of not getting that promotion, make you feel all Alone. I mean, and those are just a few things. We're not even talking about the pain that you may feel if a spouse leaves you. If you walk home and, and you walk into your house and you see a letter that says, you know what, I'm out. Or worse, a text message that says, I'm done. And there's a pit that some of us have lived in or living in it looks like depression, it looks like anxiety. For some of us losing a loved one, whether expected or unexpected, that makes us sit at the bottom of these pits. And when we are in these pits, I, you know and I know that there are questions and frustrations that continually overwhelm you. Why am I here? God, why, why would you let this happen? We begin to question God's character. We begin to question why we deserve to be in the pit in this moment. Why we deserve what's going on in our lives. What did we do? And then it turns to God, where are you at? Why did you leave me? Why am I facing this all alone? And in these moments, when we feel like we're in a pit, I'm encouraged that I can go and bring this to God. And I can find some truths that will help me in these moments. So today, let's talk about the pit. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you and we thank you for the moments that we get to spend together and around your word. And I pray today that you would speak to each and every one of us. That your voice would be clear, you would calm our hearts, you would calm our thoughts. That, God, we would be able to hear the voice of our Heavenly Father today. That as we look into your word, it would would change us. It would not just be words on a screen or words on a page, but it would come to life. It would give us hope. It would give us meaning this morning. But I pray that you would anoint me as I communicate your word to your people. Help me to do it clearly, effectively, and confidently in Jesus' name. Amen. Now we're going to talk about the pit because last week we started a brand new series called With You. And this series is all about the life of Joseph, one of the main characters in the Old Testament. And if you don't know who he is, let me give you a brief synopsis of what we covered last week. We discover him and his brothers. His father is Jacob, and Joseph is the favorite. Jacob didn't learn from his family drama, so he invented his own with his own kids. So he gives Joseph this coat to tell everyone that he's the favorite. Joseph tattles on his brothers. They weren't doing right. They weren't honoring their father. And so he tells dad what they've been doing. Well, we see his brothers aren't really fans of his. And they struggle in their daily relationship. They can't even greet him kindly. And then he has this dream. In fact, he doesn't just get one dream, but he gets two dreams. And we know, because we can fast forward in Scripture, we can read ahead that these dreams were God-given dreams. And the whole point of this series is to watch how God is with him through his entire story. And last week, it was real easy to see that God was with him in these dreams. These were God-given dreams. Matter of fact, the dreams that God gave Joseph were a part of God's dreams, how he was going to save many people, not just one person, not just one family, Last week, we left off with him getting ready to go check on his brothers after all of the dreams had happened. So let's pick up the story in Genesis chapter 37. We're going to start reading at verse 14. It says this, Go and see how your brothers in the flocks are getting along, Jacob said, then come back and bring me a report, another opportunity maybe to tell on his brother's. Jacob sent him on his way. Joseph traveled to Shechem from their home in the valley of Hebron. And then when he arrived there, a man from the area noticed him wandering around the countryside. What are you looking for? He asked. I'm looking for my brothers, Joseph replied. Do you know where they are pasturing their sheep? Yes, the man told him. They have moved on from here. But I heard them say, let's go on to Dothan. So Joseph followed his brothers to Dothan and found them there. I want to stop for a moment at this particular part of the story because Joseph is lost right here in the part of this story he's sent from his dad to find his brothers and this isn't just like jump in your car and drive from here to olathe this is days worth of journeys four to five days of either walking or riding joseph is looking for his brothers and when he gets to where they're supposed to be we see that he's wandering around why is he wandering around because he has no idea what to do next He's looking for his brothers. He's looking high. He's looking low. He's got to be frantic enough that people are beginning to notice. Now, I don't know about you, but if I'm Joseph at this point, I would be looking for the return trip home. I went. I looked around. Guess what, Dad? I couldn't find him. They're probably up to no good. I'm just going to go back home. I've already spent four or five days. I'm tired. My feet hurt. I don't want to ride this camel anymore. Whatever it is, like I hate Mel can tell you this, like, I hate the feeling of being lost and not knowing where to go next. Like, feeling lost is horrible. But when I'm lost and I have no idea where to go next to not be lost, that just multiplies the feeling. So if I'm Joseph, like, I'm grabbing everything that I had with me, and we're just going to go home. But check this out, like, just when it looks like there could be failure— Where the journey could end, the journey could send Joseph back home to his dad with never finding his brothers. Just at the right moment, a man notices Joseph wandering around looking for his brothers. And this man just so happens to know who his brothers are. He just so happened to overhear their conversation to know right where they were going. And so I want to encourage you this morning with it. I don't know if this was God showing up. I don't know if this person was sent by God. But I do believe this, that there will be points along your journey when you have no idea where to go or where to go next. And there will always be a sign from God to help you find your way along the journey. This man showed up at just the right time. That ain't even what we're talking about today. I just wanted to throw that in there. Let's keep reading. When Joseph's brothers saw him coming, they recognized him in the distance. As he approached, they made plans to kill him. Here comes the dreamer, they said. Come on, let's kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns. We can tell our father a wild animal has eaten him. And then we'll see what becomes of his dreams But when Reuben heard of their scheme, he came to Joseph's rescue. Let's not kill him. Why should we shed any blood? Let's just throw him into this empty cistern here in the wilderness. Then he'll die without our laying a hand on him. And Reuben was secretly planning to rescue Joseph and return him to his father. So when Joseph arrived, his brothers ripped off the beautiful robe he was wearing. Then they grabbed him, threw him into the cistern. The cistern was empty. There was no water in it. When I read this, I picture this. And I don't know if you get the the full weight of all that's going on, that as Joseph is doing what his dad asked him to do, as he's completing his journey to check on his brothers, he's topping the hill, and they spot him. They may not have spotted his face, but I bet they spotted his robe that's what it points out do you notice their response before they were upset because he was the favorite and he had tattled on them but now they had a new hatred for him all they could see was his dreams and they burned with anger and hatred they began to plot not just how they could end his dreams but how they could end his life and you thought the drama your family had was bad and they began to mock him on his way there. Oh, here comes the dreamer. When you look at the, that phrase there, it, it breaks down like this, like they're calling him either Lord of the dreams or Master of the dreams. This isn't a compliment because as they say, we're going to kill him, then let's see what happens to his dreams. Let's see if he's the master of the dream that he just had. Because if we kill him, we kill this dream. They're looking for ways to hurt him. So they grab him and they throw him into this pit. And, and I don't know how Joseph was feeling. I don't know if maybe some of it was expected because they didn't like him. That the initial, like, grabbing him, not hugging him. Or if the beating that they gave him was completely out of nowhere. But as they ripped from him, maybe his most prized possession The very symbol of favor from his father as they rip that from him and throw him into not just a pit and not just an empty well. The cisterns in this part of the country would have been bottle shaped. So it would have been really wide at the bottom and really narrow at the top. And most of them would have had a stone that you cover the top with to protect what's inside there. If water's in there, you don't want dead people's bodies rolling in there you don't want animals in there you want to protect it so there's a good chance that when they threw him into the pit they covered it up and he was in complete darkness by himself I wonder I wonder how panicked he was I wonder how the brothers were able to do this and just sit down and eat right afterwards We see later on in scripture that Joseph was afraid for his life, that he begged and he pleaded for them to not kill him. And I bet as he was in the bottom of this pit, this wouldn't have been a soft landing. This wasn't mud at the bottom. They would have made, it would have been hard clay to keep the water in or rocks at the bottom. This wasn't anything that was helpful for him. And I bet as he sat at the bottom of that pit, I bet he had some of those same questions that we talked about earlier. I bet he felt some of the same things that we feel when we find ourselves in a pit. I bet he was trying to figure out why. I bet he was trying to figure out what he did to deserve to be treated this way. Why would God, why would his father's God let him end up in this pit? Why would his brothers be the ones that are threatening to kill him? As he's sitting in the pit, the reality of it hits him. This may just be the end for me. And when you feel those things, you begin to realize just how terrifying the darkness can be, just how deafening the silence can be, and just how hopeless your situation is in the pit. And it is lonely, and it is all of those things, but this morning I want to show you three things that the pit can also be. The first is this. The pit can be protection. The pit can be protection. Let's back up. What was the plan? What was the plot that they were hatching as Joseph was walking towards them? They were planning to kill him. They were planning on ending his life and throwing him into the pit. The pit was supposed to be his tomb, But then Reuben speaks up and he says, wait, we can't go that far. let's, Let's come up with a different plan. The initial plan as Joseph was getting closer and closer was we get to end him today. The pit was supposed to conceal his dead body, but it ended up protecting his life. Now, I bet Joseph didn't see it that way. And I know that because when I've sat in my pits... I didn't feel like it was protection, because the pit hurts. There's pain there, it's dark. I feel like I'm all alone. There's nothing about this that makes me feel protected. In fact, it makes me feel punished. And it's in those moments that the pit begins to mess with your mind. The pit will try to confuse you and tell you things that might be easier to believe in that moment than any other time in your life. The pit will try to convince you that while you're sitting there, God is nowhere near you. He's left you. I mean, if he was with you, would this be where you're at? But it can be protection. Because if you are sitting alive in the pit, it should remind you that you are sitting alive in the pit. You see, at that moment, Joseph was safer inside the pit than he was outside the pit. He didn't know that. He thought it was the same outcome either way, but what they intended to use to end his life, God used to preserve his life. And it's tough to feel, it's tough to see because it doesn't feel like this. The pit will also begin to try to make you think that where you're at is where you will always be. That this is the end. But the second thing that the pit can be is a pit stop. pit is dark. It is lonely in there. But we have to do our best to not let the darkness overwhelm us. That in these moments, we have to remember that there is hope in the dark. That we can keep our eyes and our hearts open to looking for where God is because he hasn't left you in the pit. You're not in this by yourself. He is still with you. And you may not feel like there's much left inside you when you're in the bottom of the pit. You may feel like you don't have very much hope or you have very little faith. But I promise you that if you want to see a miracle in this moment, all you need is a mustard-seed-sized a mustard seed size faith. You don't need a mountain-sized faith to move a mountain to see a miracle happen. You need a seed-sized faith. So if you have just a little bit left, that's more than enough for this moment. I want to encourage you this morning, don't let the pit become your plot. Let this be where you decide to take your mustard seed side faith and plant it. That what other people hoped would bury you, what they hoped would cover your life and end in you being stuck and dead, that this is the place where you buried your faith and it grew into something that you didn't know that it ever could, that there's a resilience inside you now. There's a faith that's been refined by fire. There's a strength now that comes from God because they hoped to end it, but God was using it to protect you and to keep you here for a moment so something could be developed. Don't just lay down and die. Let God work beneath the surface where no one else can see. Let him use these moments to grow something in you that may not grow any other way. Use this as a pit stop. Don't think that this is where you will end. Extreme places require extreme faith. But don't let that overwhelm you to thinking, again, it's got to be huge. No, no, no. Grab the seed. As long as you have a little, God can use that. Keep believing that God is with you. Keep believing that He is in control when you aren't in control. For some of us, that's one of the biggest struggles that we have when we are not in control of where we're going, what we're doing, how our life is moving, the direction that we're heading. We struggle tremendously but I can keep believing that he is in control when I'm not and that he wants to get you to your dream because it's his dream for you. And it's a part of his dream. Your dream plays into his dream. His big plan involves the plan he's given for you. Let's not forget that. And you have what it takes. You have what it takes to get through this because God is still with you. He's not abandoned you. He's still with you. This is just a season. It's just a pit stop. This is not an end. This is not a period at the end of your story. This is a comma that marks a change inside of you. There is a comma, but God then showed up, but then their faith grew, but then something changed inside them. This is not the end because you didn't come this far to just come this far. God has way more for you to do. Your journey is far beyond where you're at in this moment. And just because other people think that your dream is now dead doesn't mean that your dream is going to end. The pit doesn't change who you are. They may have taken your favor. They may have taken your role, but they didn't take God's presence that's still with you in the pit. You still are who God says you are. You still have the dream that he gave you. You still have the promises that were made just to you the pit doesn't change who you are it just may reveal who you are let's let this be a pit stop because god knows right where you are because he never left you he's with you right now in this moment what happens next verse 25 then just as they were sitting down to eat the brothers are cold-blooded like, they're, they're planning to kill, kill Joseph. They throw him into the pit, and what do they do? They sit down and eat. They're not bothered at what they did at all. Mind-blowing. Then, just as they were sitting down to eat, they looked up. They saw a caravan of camels in the distance coming toward them. It was a group of Ishmaelite traders taking a load of gum, balm, and aromatic resin from Gilead down to Egypt. Huh. Just as they were sitting down, they looked up and just happened to see a caravan. The brothers decided then in that moment that instead of just leaving him to die, that they should get a little bit of money out of this. I mean, he was at least worth what the average slave is worth. That's where the 20 shekels of silver came in. For a teenage slave, that was the going rate. Their brother was only worth what a slave was worth to them. And so they traded him away. They pull him out of the pit. I wonder if Joseph thought that they were going to free him. I wonder if when when they began to raise him out, when they lowered the rope down and he began to come out of the pit, I wonder if he thought he was saved. Only to discover that his brothers had sold him like a piece of property, not like someone that they loved. And then they watched as Joseph was led away by these merchants. The last thing that the pit can be, it can be protection, protection it can be a pit stop and it can also be part of the plan because the pit doesn't prevent God's plan. God can make it a part of the plan. Did did you see what just happened in that one verse? At just the right time, a caravan shows up. They just happened to be sitting down eating a meal where they would see this caravan show up. And it wasn't just any caravan. It was the right caravan, the caravan that would actually take him to the place that God needed him to get to. At just the right time, they showed up. And he will do that for you too. At just the right time, at just the right time, at just the right time. He's not planning on leaving you. He'll get you out. And here's the beauty of this. Some of us have already experienced what life was like in the pit. Some of us have lived in a pit or two in our life, and we've seen just how God could use our time in the pit as a part of his plan in our life. I mean, if we begin to think back, we know that we shouldn't have the career that we have right now. We shouldn't have gotten the job that we actually God. But God pulled us from where we were and placed us exactly where we were supposed to be. Some of us should not have any money in our bank because bankruptcy was supposed to end our lives. It was supposed to end any financial responsibility. It was supposed to end any hope for future. But yet, you have a bank account with a savings account. You are secure because you have trusted in God. He pulled you from the pit. Some of you know the feeling of it. Being in the pit, not hoping that you can ever be with your family again, that divorce and separation or prison, whatever it may be, was going to separate you from the ones that you love. And today you are sitting with your family right now. And you know how God used the pit as a part of the plan where the enemy tried to destroy you, where he thought that if he threw you in and you stayed in long enough that you would just lay down and die, that this would mark the end. But instead, this was the place that you realized that your relationship with God was the only thing that was going to carry you through, that the light is stronger than the darkness, that it will always pierce through wherever you are. You know right now that his presence is more real than it's ever been. That's what you learned in your pit. And when you're in the pit, I want you to know that you're in good company. There are many of us in this room that have felt that. And as we look through scripture, we see time and time again God's people ending up in proverbial pits. But in every situation, God reminds them that they are not alone and that He is with them. Moses' pit looked like a desert. And he spent 40 years there believing that He was nothing and no one. And then God showed up to remind him that He was with Him and that He had something for Him to do. Elijah found that God was with him even when he was afraid and hiding in a cave. He found God was still with him. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego found that God would not leave them even in the middle of a fiery furnace. You're in good company this morning if you feel like you're in a pit. God consistently uses it. It's a place that we find ourselves as followers of Christ, and knowing that should give you just a small amount of courage this morning. It might increase the size of your faith just a little bit to know that God didn't leave them and he isn't planning on leaving you, that he still has things in store for you. Your story is tied to God's story. He's invested in you winning. He's invested in you getting to exactly where he wants you to be because your story is tied to his story. You getting there means other people get to know who Jesus is. You doing what he's called you to do means that the kingdom gets to be built. It gets to be expanded because your dream is a part of his dream. And even if right now you feel like you're in a pit and he's not showing up at just the right time, he will continue to trust him because the pit is not where your story ends. This is not the end. It may feel right now like it is, like it's hopeless, but this is where God does his best work. This is where we get to experience him being closer than we ever imagined. You may feel like he is so far away right now, but the the scriptures tell us that he is near to the brokenhearted. And he has no intention of leaving you broken today. In fact, he is there close to you, whispering to you, scooping up the pieces of your heart and of your life and making plans to turn beauty from all of the pieces, from all of the ashes, from all that you thought was lost. God is working right now to put all of that together. And one day you will be able to see that this pit was protection for you, that God is planning on using this as a part of his plan, that this was just a pit stop. He's got other things, in store for you. He has a rope that's just for you. That's just for your situation. That's just for your family because he's with you. And I want to pray with those of you this morning who feel like you're stuck in a pit today. I may have hit exactly where you feel the pit that you're stuck in and I may not have but you know how you feel know if the thought of being in a pit is exactly where you're at that you feel hopeless you feel lost you feel like God has left you if that's you this morning I need to pray with you I need to remind you this morning so if that's you I'm going to ask you to be courageous and stand to your feet if you say pastor that's me today man I feel like I'm in a pit life just seems like I'm at the bottom I'm hurting I'm drowning I need God this morning if that's you Promised you in store, you need to know today that all that you feel right now that is worthless and hopeless and hurting, that he can and will turn it into good. And it may not seem like a possibility now, but I promise if you will plant your faith and allow that are overwhelming them, to the defeat that they feel, God, I pray that you would dismantle every bit of the lies that they think may be true, that they would feel your presence today, that you would use this moment and you would use your people to continue to remind them that they are not alone. that as they're acknowledging where they are, that you would remind them of where they are headed, that you would remind them that at just the right time, you are going to pull them from where they are, that you have something on the way that will get them out, something that will take them to their next place, to the next moment, that you are working to get them exactly where they need to be that you are working on their healing, you are working on their restoration, you are working on all that is broken right now. And you have it well in hand. You always have, and you always will. Maybe this morning you feel like the pit that you've been stuck in is because of sin. Maybe you've been separated from God. You you want to do the right things, but you continue to choose the wrong. You continue to separate yourself from him. Well, today I'm here to tell you if the pit that you feel like you may be in is sin, that Jesus is the rope that you need. That he loved you so much that he wasn't willing to let you die in your sin. He wasn't willing to let you suffer apart from him that he came and gave his life for you. You meant that much to him. I've heard it this way my whole life, that if you were the only one to have ever sinned, God would have sent Jesus just for you. And Jesus gave all that he had because you were worth everything that he had. All so that he could have a relationship with you. All so that you could be rescued from the pit and have a life like you never imagined. Jesus took our place. He took our punishment. He protected us so that we could have so that we could have hope. And I'm just going to ask you to pray this prayer with me. And if you need Jesus to rescue you today, he'll do just that. The Bible tells us that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That if we choose to trust in him, that everything starts over. All things Pass away, and all things become new that who we were is not who we are or who we will be. So if you need Jesus this morning, as the entire congregation prays, if you believe this, Jesus will meet you right where you are. Say, Jesus, I need you. Thank you for dying in my place for my sins. Today I choose you give you everything I am all of my hopes and dreams are now yours God I pray that you would mend the pieces of my life give me fresh hope today give me new directions new thoughts and a new life today. I give you all of me. Give me the courage and strength to follow you every day of my life. In Jesus name. Amen. I'm going to ask in a couple of moments, if that was you this morning, to count to three and if you prayed that prayer today if you accepted jesus i want you to shoot your hand up high in the air we want to celebrate because there are some people today that they they are experiencing life for the first time or the hundredth time or the 300th time but heaven is celebrating and we want to join them so if today you ask jesus into your heart when i count to three i want you to shoot your hand up and we are going to make noise we're going to celebrate and worship together so one did you choose jesus today Two, you will never be the same. Three, if that's you, I want you to shoot your hand up in the air. Come on, let's celebrate this morning, the new life today. Our prayers that this message impacted you. Please share your story and partner with us financially at newvisiongrandview.com.